Oh yeah. How does that fit in to a cohesive, larger vision? We will always have enough cash yeah. around. Strictly business. Business. Just business. Howdy, finance leaders, and welcome to CFO Year, your new favorite finance podcast. I'm Patrick, and I speak with founders and finance leaders building the kinds of companies you wish you'd thought of first. Today, I'm speaking with Rob Whalen, CEO and co-founder at PTO Exchange. The platform lets employees convert their paid time off into other priorities that reflect different transitions in life, including retirement funds, student loans, charitable causes, or as an offer to their colleagues. PTO Exchange helps companies stand out in a competitive job market, reduce balance sheet liabilities, and strengthen their communities, all while employees reclaim lost PTO. Rob is a serial entrepreneur with over 25 years selling and developing software and hardware products with a BA in accounting from Seattle University. We talked about the fascinating possibilities for teams to use their paid leave more constructively, the complexities of dealing with tax and employment law across all 50 states, and Rob's vision for the future, including NFTs and crypto. Today's podcast is brought to you by Spendesk, the all-in-one spending solution that puts finance teams in control with 100% visibility into company spend. And by CFO Connect, a global community for finance leaders. Join us at cfoconnect.eu and you can email podcast at cfoconnect.eu with any questions or feedback. Rob Whalen, welcome to CFO Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And as we always do, I'd really love to start by having you introduce yourself and perhaps a little about um, PTO Exchange as well. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, My name is Rob Whalen. I am the co-founder and CEO of PTO Exchange. We are a company that allows uh, employees to be able to exchange their unused PTO for good services and experiences. And so we're a, we're a benefit that employers can implement into their uh, uh, company and give their employees more flexibility with an already accrued budgeted benefit. We're going to go into lots of detail about that. First, I would because I think it's a really fascinating concept, um, certainly not something that I've come across before. Uh, first, I think we need to know a little bit more about you. you you've, you've had a career mainly in sales, I believe. Yeah, yep. Uh, actually, 25, I think, years in, in sales. Uh, but I was educated in accounting. So I came, mm-hmm. uh, graduated from Seattle University in accounting. And uh, after that, I was uh, headed to one of the big eight at the time. But uh, my uncle, who was in technology... Uh, advised me to not go that direction, to go into technology. Uh, he set up a interview with uh, a company that was selling semiconductors at the time. They were uh, a distributor. And uh, I went over there and <laughs> I got the job. And so I was selling uh, semiconductors. But I've, uh, I've come from a, everyone in my family is a salesman, so inclusive of my father. And so that was just, just came natural to me. But as, as you say, you trained in accounting, and, and I noticed on your LinkedIn, it says that you bring a fiscal perspective to product transition and, and channel strategies. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, uh, I think anyone who's educated in finance or accounting 
always looks at business or always looks at problem solving through uh, kind of a profit and loss uh, ROI investment um, lens, I would say. And I've always done the same in everything that I've sold, everything that I have built. Uh, and and so when I when I look at um, building a, a channel and or a product and or uh, how am I going to deliver this, I always think of how much investment are we putting into uh, this mm-hmm. channel and what is the return on that investment uh, over a certain timeline, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I do that with products too. And and we look at everything kind of from that uh, lens, like I said. And and so, you know, I, I think anyone who's listening who's a CFO or a VP of finance or accountant who's listening to this podcast, I, I don't think that they take that lens that they've been educated in away from their problem solving. I think that that's, that's part of the viewpoint that they, you know, that they approach life uh, as well as part of their personal life, right? They're, mm. They probably view their personal life in the same way. Like I do, right? Uh, you have to think about where your dollars are going and and what you're investing in, both from a family asset, things like that. Has that influenced as well? I mean, obviously, that mindset will be um, deeply within PTO Exchange. You're the the CEO, so it's it's obviously going to take on a lot of your personality. Is that also the way that you built the company? Um, I. Uh, to, to be more precise, I, I guess in the in the ways that you've gone after funding and um, or or loans or equity or however you're doing it, always with that kind of mind, that ROI mindset and maybe a bit more measured than the kind of really uh, the typical uh, tech company right. that we see today. Uh, so, so yes, I do think I approach it from that kind of vernacular. Mm. Um, I think this company, because this is my third company I've built. This company, I approached it a little differently, and I'll just give an example. Yeah. The other two software companies that I built did not have the, um, I would say, the, the large market like this one has. This one has an extremely large market. Hmm. And so I approached it more from the market size that I was going after rather than uh, the, the kind of the productivity side, which, you know, when I... My first software company, I looked at it more like a revenue productivity, and the market wasn't quite as large, right? Mm-hmm. It was the software company was specifically in semiconductors. Uh, that company actually tracked and managed samples uh, through the channel and through uh, the engineering uh, design mm-hmm. phase. Uh, we sold that off in '96, um, and that was a much different type of product and marketplace. This, or, or market I was um, going after, this obviously is a very large market because PTO is an accrued liability on the balance sheet, and or most of the time it is, and it sits there and it, it uh, has this time value of money type of mathematical equation that you need to, to look at. And CFOs mm-hmm. look at this stuff all, the, all day long. And so my approach here was more like, there's a large market. <laughs> Let's go somehow build an exchange and move that money off the books, helping CFOs move the money, right? Mm-hmm. Reduce the liability, that is, and uh, give, give a better benefit for employees. And, and that, that's kind of how we, 
we went after it. Um, the idea actually was not my idea, Patrick. <laughs> uh, it was it it was created at a dinner party in 2012 with about 12 entrepreneurs that I associated myself with. Um, a bunch of loose cannons is what I call them, <laughs> and we. <laughs> Uh, one of the gentlemen and I had left Cisco, and when we left Cisco, we got these very large checks. Like I think mine was thirty thousand plus dollars. His was mm. the same, and this was our crude paid time off. And it was at that dinner table. He said, "Wouldn't it have been nice if we could have used that money mm. to buy airfare, hotel, put it in a four hundred one k?" And that's when I thought, "Wow, that's an interesting idea." And and that's when I started to do run the numbers, and I started to look at if every company accrued three weeks and one week was, and and that's when we actually approached the Travel Association back in 20, 2013 to work with them. And we, they they were just kicking off, or this just kicked off something called Project Time Off. Um, and they were looking at the analysis work too. And so we gave them our numbers originally, and then they went off to have the Oxford Institute do a study. They paid mm-hmm. for an Oxford Institute to do a study. And that's really where the numbers come from today, is uh, through the Travel Association, what's unused. Anyhow, I don't know if that was a long, probably a long answer. No, it's, it's great because it's great because I think we, we need to sort of very uh, tangibly define what the company does. Because now that you've said it was a dinner party conversation, it makes that makes so much sense. It is the kind of thing that you would sit around with friends and, and try to kind of... Um, I don't know, optimize or improve situations that, that everybody goes through at work. So, so very tangibly, you did introduce it at the beginning, but uh, it may have, people may have flown past that. Yeah. This allows me as an employee to take the, the leave that I have accrued and convert it into something. What can I convert yes. that into? So what you can, you can convert it to a lot of different things, um, mm. but, but what you can convert to really is up to the employer with our platform, right? So Mm -hmm. the employer is the one who is signing up for the product and they're delivering that benefit to the employee. The employer can turn on what we call plans, okay? Mm -hmm. And the plans are kind of the different things that the employee could could exchange for, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. Um, And we kind of, we actually kind of put them in different, we call them pillars. Um, and we kind of have this financial pillar, social pillar, well-being. Um, but today, in our social pillars, you can take your PTO and give it to 1.7 million nonprofits. So you can take an hour of your time, Patrick, mm-hmm. maybe it's worth $70, and give that to a nonprofit and get a tax deduction at the end of the year. Wow. Maybe you don't have that cash, Right. Maybe you want, don't want to use the cash that's in your bank account. You, you have this mm-hmm. PTO that you could use. That's one thing. And we actually have a full giving and matching platform uh, underneath the hood. Okay. Uh, you could take that PTO and share it with another coworker. Okay. And uh, in, this, in this vein, let's say that you came down with COVID. Mm-hmm. You used all your PTO up. And then your wife or your kid got COVID and or got ill and you needed to take more time off well you could request from the pool you could request from the company to receive more paid time off 
I, as a coworker, could donate my time into that pool at my pay rate, right? Mm-hmm. And and you could receive that. Okay. The benefits of this, Patrick, is that I, because I'm putting it into a pool, don't have to pay taxes on it. It's not constructively right. received by me. But you, when you do receive it, right, you pay taxes when it goes through the payroll, when you use it, just like paid time off today. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, you might ask about the pay rates. Well, the pay rates are, let's say I make $100 an hour and you make $50 an hour. I put in mm-hmm. two hours. So that's $200. And you could get four hours out. Right. Okay. So our yeah. system knows the pay rates and makes sure that, you know, everyone's getting the amount of money uh, out of the pool. And what I mean by that is maybe you only requested two hours, Patrick, and so that was only $100. There's mm. still be $100 left in the pool for someone else to request time off um, at their pay rate. So I put it in hours, it goes in as dollars, comes out as dollars, goes into your bank as hours. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here right now as though I'm <laughs> one of the people at the dinner table just thinking of all the flow-on effects of that. That's I think that's pretty astonishing. Um, the, the company officially launched in 2017, is that right? Yes, yes. And we, uh, we founded the company uh, on my father's birthday in 2013. And right. um, uh, it took us some time to, to figure out, right? We, we all worked other jobs um, as we, you know, really built the idea, tested mm-hmm. the idea, looked at the marketplace, um, you know, from that standpoint, <laughs> I think we were uh, not hesitant, but we were taking a very fiscal approach to it, mm. uh, meaning that we just didn't want to jump in. We had to understand it. And what was interesting to me is one of the, the VCs <laughs> that, that didn't invest in us, which is kind of funny, he spent a lot of time looking at the problem and sent us a lot of information that we hadn't seen yet. So he did a lot of research. And it helped us understand why this hadn't been done before because of all the regulations, all the Department of Labor, all that, you know, so there's a lot of things, moving parts uh, in the regulatory environment here that uh, we needed to understand, address, and make sure that we were selling a product that our customers um, would know that it's compliant, would know Mm -hmm. that that uh, when they implemented this, that uh, they were being compliant in all 50 states, okay? And we, we only, we're only in the U.S. today. We're looking at uh, other countries right now, um, but you have to look at it with a very, uh, an eye to the compliance uh, vein, I, I would say, or lens that I would say. You can't just exchange your time off for, can't just exchange a dollar for dollar. It's, there's there's things yeah. you have to do. Same with the same with the the sharing, right? Like I spoke of, it's tax free for me putting it in, right? Because I'm putting it into a a, par, a, a pool, hmm. but you have to pay taxes on it. The reason why that is, Patrick, is because if I put it directly, give it to you, or share it to you, uh, I have constructively received that PTO, so that means I have to pay taxes on it, hmm. and then you have to pay taxes on it. Okay, and so these these nuances of the doctrine of constructive receipt, 
all these different uh, laws that you have to abide by. And so you asked the question, why did it take us four years to kick it off? We needed to make sure that we were compliant and understood and built the product uh, to be compliant. That's why it took us four years. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising. I think I think we would have a lot of CFOs listening at the moment, or, or frankly, people in the in the business world thinking this is a fantastic idea and thank goodness someone else is taking care of it because I don't want to have to figure out how to make it work myself, but I would love to use it. You mentioned that the doctrine of constructive receipt and, and we had, it's, it's something that I'm quite passionate about that we haven't managed to get going here in France where I am. Um, but the, the idea of payroll giving, is that something you've come across before where you can, it's, I guess, very similar to this, but, but dealing with your salary, you give your salary before taxes to, or I guess you, you donate tax-free so that you don't you don't then at the end of the year have to make a tax claim to receive the money back. I basically summed it up in about eight seconds, probably what should have taken a, a five minute um, spiel. But there are similar concepts there. It's this idea that I'm giving money that I haven't constructively received yet, which means yep. I don't have to go through the tax process to to claim to reclaim that later. PTO is very interesting, at least in the US. PTO is the last deferred comp plan outside of a law called 409A, which was over here, it was built when Enron. And 409A guides all the, all the qualified and non-qual uh, deferred plans. And that's what the 409A mm. is in, in a nutshell. And so you have to really start looking at older laws on how do these deferred comp plans exist and, and make sure that you're following the older laws of constructive receipt, um, and just earned income, things like, things like that. Think you have company cash under control? You may have a process to pay people back, but company spending is so much more than expense claims. Spendesk gives you one system to replace your old-fashioned company cards, track online payments easily, and process supplier invoices faster than ever. Whether you're a growing startup or you've been doing this for decades, it's never too late to upgrade. Graduate from basic expenses to spend management today. Try Spendesk. Do you end up with complicated situations uh, with companies with offices in different states? Are the, are the rules close enough to the same across states or are they, can they vary quite uh, widely? No, they're, so the laws that we're talking about around constructive receipt are really the federal laws that we right. work with, uh, but there are, all, there are like state laws, uh, and we need to look at them, and usually those are around paid sick leave, mm. and so if you have vacation and sick in two different buckets, you're fine, right, because there's laws around sick leave that you have to protect certain sick leave, but if you run what I would call a one-bucket PTO, vacation sick, all in one bucket accrued, then you need to protect a certain amount of those hours to meet the sick uh, laws that are within those states. And our system does that. Uh, an example here in Seattle, you have to protect 80 hours. If it's 40 hours the first year, 80 the second year. And, and you have to protect those hours. And so our system protects them so that Patrick, when you go into our system, you can't spend below that amount. 
right, um, in the policy. And and that's how we work with the state laws uh, mm-hmm. per state. Okay. Yeah. And when we built the, when we built the product, we we really took an eye out. And again, this is the the four years. We started to look at all the different PTO plans, and there's so many of them. We had to build a system that was completely customizable for every customer, because every customer has a different PTO plan, mm. and and that could be all the way down to groups. Patrick, that could be. That could be the executives have a certain plan, and the and the rank and file have a different plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we have a customer that has, I think it's eight different custo- eight different companies, with twelve different payroll cycles, with wow. seven different PTO policies, and we, you know, so that's the kind of flexibility and customizability that we've built into the platform. Um, so our our customers can really, you know, put the glove, you know, I want to say we fit like a glove, right? Mm. We fit right over your PTO plan, and we allow you to do things with that PTO that you couldn't do before. It it seems like an obvious uh, win to me. It seems like the, exactly what you've described sounds fantastic. What kinds of um, challenges do you come up against? Or, or why, when you don't convince people, why don't you convince them? What are they not convinced about? Yeah, uh, the the first thing we learned, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, the, the first customer interaction, when we were testing the idea, mm-hmm. uh, again, back in 2013, I sent five emails out to CHROs of very large organizations here in the Pacific Northwest. And within 24 hours, I received a reply from each of them on this product or idea. Mm-hmm. And two of them, we were we were invited in within that week to to speak to their old benefits, right? And at the time, we we had nothing, right? I just sent this email out <laughs> under PTO Exchange, and so Todd and I, the the CTO, he's building a a product that, that's really vaporware to go and show, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't work, it doesn't exist. Uh, it's just a bunch of web pages, <laughs> no database behind it, no nothing, <laughs> uh, to try and share the idea. And we got under NDA. We started a contract with this very large organization, and then all of a sudden we stopped. And I am getting to your to the answer to your question. Hmm. And what what we realized was that this company was making eighteen million dollars, not paying out hmm. PTO to their workers. Right. Okay. And their CFO was, you know, had that budgeted in his budget or her budget. And so at that very moment, the HR department, and I would say 95% of all HR departments report to the CFO or have a a strong dotted line to that CFO. Mm. And, and so we, we, we didn't, they weren't going to implement it because of that. But what's really sad about that, Patrick, is that $18 million was not from the executives. It was not from the, it, it was from the rank and file. It was from the call centers that they had. It was from the people that could barely make ends meet. And to me, that's a sad definition of a corporation. 
when a company steals the productivity that is given to them by their employees. Hmm. Right. And, and I, and I, I'm like, wow, we have a mission now. We have a mission to go out and help protect the accrued productivity of every worker out there today. And CFOs should, they should budget that in their benefit, in, in their profile, right? Mm. Uh, you know, CFOs and all finance people have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders. There is no one that has a fiduciary responsibility to the people or to the employees or to the customer, mm. right? Um, and those are things that we're trying to bring awareness to uh, through what we do. But on the flip side, there are clear financial benefits as well to you bet. reducing liability. Yes. And so if you, if you look at it that way, right? Mm. And again, it's all how you look at it from a CFO perspective. If you look at it that way, then yeah, you could actually use this platform to reduce the liability in the time period, in the annual time period in which you accrued that liability off your books. And so that next year when it rolls over, if you do have a rollover, right? It doesn't increase over time, okay? Mm-hmm. The wage, the wage increase. Uh, we've worked closely with a very large manufacturer here in the Pacific Northwest, and just in the accrual of PTO year over year that they roll over, they spend fifty million dollars. Wow! <laughs> right, and so and so we said, hey, if you could allow your employees to remove that in the time period that you accrued it. So we accrued at $10 rate, we expense it at $10 rate instead of letting that roll over and go to maybe $12. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is the benefit of getting it off your uh, balance sheet and allowing employees to use it um, mm-hmm. in a time period that's uh, reflective of that of which you expensed it through the net income statement. Okay. And there's a lot of other benefits, Patrick, and I'll give you another one. Yeah. You can also increase your productivity with our platform. And this is the, uh, the example I use. If, I, if I'm a, a, let's say I work for Costco, and let's say I'm a cash register person, mm-hmm. and I go on vacation, okay, and you pay me that PTO while I'm on vacation. And then, Patrick, you come in and you work the register for me, mm-hmm. okay? And you get paid for that week of work, right? So Costco paid two people for one week of productivity. Mm. Right. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if we had this platform and we said, hey, Patrick, you could cash out a week of your PTO and you could stay working. Mm. Again, using your benefit because maybe paying student loans down is what actually is a stress reliever for you, Patrick, mm. for you as a student, as a young person, and maybe for the older person, it's putting into 401k, right? Uh, mm. Difference. Um, but, but now Costco, if they did this, they would increase their productivity within their current workforce by some percentage, right? By allowing employees to take that week, cash it out, or, so they'd pay that two weeks again, but mm. now they wouldn't have to hire another person. They wouldn't have to pay dual insurances. They wouldn't have to, 
you know, you can see the benefit for the CFO. They yeah. just took their current workforce and they just increased the productivity a certain percentage by doing this. And that is the, where the real benefit comes in uh, for the finance people is, especially in this market, Patrick, when you have so much work to do, so little people in the jobs, mm. allowing them to get a benefit. <laughs> and I don't get me wrong, you need to take time off. You do. We all need to disengage. Okay. But roughly there's a week of PTO goes unused throughout the United States by everyone. And mm. that, 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 that amount is roughly around anywhere from 900 to $1,500, depending on your pay rate. Uh, and you kind of look at that and you kind of go, okay, well, a lot of people don't even have $400 in their bank account, but yet they have nine to fifteen hundred dollars in their pto bank and on that do you find i i, I wonder whether the companies your, your existing customers can they even um sort of limit can, can you put a limit on how much of your pto you're allowed to use for this and how much you in fact have to use because indeed we don't want people working 365 days a year a hundred percent in fact uh, patrick hmm. you can actually in the platform you can say you have to take a week or two weeks of PTO. You got to go away before you can use the platform. First. Right. Okay. Or yeah. you can set it up and say, Hey, if you want to use the week to go on a vacation so you could pay for airfare and hotel, we'll allow you to do that, but you got to go away. <laughs> right. Mm. And so there's different, again, <laughs> this is all in the, in the platform. It, it enables people to start doing the right thing and enables employers a way to incentivize, but also help meet, you know, meet the needs of the employee where they are in life. And that example of student loans is probably the yeah. best one where I just graduated. And my stress, Patrick, as the employee is, holy cow, I got $40,000 of, <laughs> of student loan. It's going to mm -hmm. take me forever. Would I rather work an extra week, take a week, you know, my PTO and pay down that student loan? Is mm. that is that helping me distress? Does that help me feel better uh, than taking a week off and not being able to afford a vacation? Right. Yeah. The worst case scenario is I take a week off and I'm sitting at home, staycation, because I can't one, I can't afford a vacation, and two, I sit at home and I think. Holy cow, if I lose my job, I'm really in trouble. Uh, who are the typical customers for you? you? You mentioned, I think you mentioned Costco. I'm not saying they're a customer, but a, a, someone working no, at Costco. No, they are a customer today. I was just using them as an example. <clears throat> for sure, but largely corporations, you know, in the traditional sense, or all yes. kinds? Yes, so we, you know, we are not uh, sector specific, mm. although there are some verticals or sectors that... Are, are probably a little bit better clients for mm -hmm. us. And I'll give you kind of the, the box that we look at. Yeah. If the company derives their revenue from the employee, that is a good client for us. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you some examples. Healthcare, a nurse. Mm -hmm. You can't go on unlimited PTO. Right. So that's a good vertical. 
manufacturing where I need employees to build my product to sell anything could be Tesla could be uh, you know Boeing could be a- any number of, of customers that are building products uh, retail where you have to have someone there uh, you know those types of companies consulting where you bill hourly and I'll give you an example there. If you go on vacation, you're no longer billing hours to your client. Yeah. So not only, Patrick, am I paying you to take a vacation, but I, as a company, are no longer re- receiving revenue. Mm. So the example of tying revenue to the individual or to the employee is a real key uh, to a successful client. Okay. The other one is just companies that really want to be good employers, that really want to take care of their employees and that see this value not as a, I get $18 million back from unused PTO. It's, I want to track my employees and why they aren't using it and how can we use those budgeted dollars to benefit them? What's, what's on their mind? How can we use that investment that we already expensed Mm. We already have a budgeted to better improve our employee engagement, our employee retention, and just the health and welfare of our employees as a whole. If you're enjoying this conversation, then you've got to check out CFO Connect, the global community for modern finance leaders, like the ones on this podcast. We host monthly events and workshops, have a private Slack group for CFOs, and a one-on-one member matching program. CFO Connect membership is free, but reserved for experienced finance leaders. So if that's you, head over to cfoconnect.eu and apply to join us. All right, I'd love to turn now to uh, PTO Exchange, the company. Uh, you're the CEO, obviously. What's the company culture like? Uh, the company culture is, uh, it, I love it. Uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a reflection of not just me, Patrick. It's a mm-hmm. reflection of every employee in the company. And I'm a big believer that it's not my company. <laughs> it's, it's everyone here's company. It, re- mm. it really is. There isn't, yes, I'm the one who makes the end decision. The, the, the buck stops here type of modality. But there isn't a decision that I make that's not shared amongst the executive team and analyzed and and looked at. I believe that best deci- your best decision as a leader is getting input and getting multiple viewpoints on the problem. Mm. And so we do that. We, I've always run the company that way. Um, I have surrounded myself with some just incredible people that have uh, an imprint on this company. And that's just the way it is. It's not an I thing at all, it's a we thing. And I think the best example is when you ask me, how'd you come up with the idea? It wasn't my idea, I won't own it, I'll never own it. It was a friend of mine who was one of the founders who left the company early on. Uh, it was his initial you know, aha moment. Hmm. But it was my drive to build the company, to to go do it, uh, to keep it together, 
uh, one thing that I am good at, and uh, my wife will tell you, <laughs> it's an extreme. I, I am persistent. I do not <laughs> give up. And I will think, I think you probably see that in the fact that we started in 2013. It, it took us four years, uh, a lot of angst probably from my wife and everyone's wife around here uh, to build it where it is today and to grow it, to continue to, continue to grow it. Uh, I think the other thing is I lead by example. Uh, always one of the first or second in the office, always the last to leave. Mm. Always on Friday checking in to see what my team or people are doing with their families over the weekend, making it personal, caring, just period, just caring mm. about not not just the employee, but the employee and their family. I mean, I, I, I know everyone's wife. I know everyone's kid. I know everyone's, and it's, yeah. and it's small today, so I can do that. It'll change, but I want everyone to replicate that downstream as we grow. Mm. And that's the culture of the company. The culture of the company is really, it's their company. And mm. relationships. Yes. Relationships. Yeah, we we don't we don't pay market salaries. Right. We pay below market salaries. The people that are here are here for this mission, mm -hmm. and they're here as part of the company. It's their company, uh, and that's the way I run it, and that's the way we've been so successful. We went through a downturn through the uh, as a company, and we were growing in revenue, but. Uh, running out of capital and everyone, every one of the executives jumped in and said, we're willing to give up our salary to make this thing go. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that, that, that you should never, ever, ever as a leader separate yourself from the rank and file. And you should not have two PTO plans, one for the executives, one for the rank and file. You should have, you should all be the same. And that way you're all in the foxhole together. And that's just a sheer uh, sign of, you, you know, <laughs> do what I do, not as I say. And so I do the do. I, I rarely say the say. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't say something that I don't, I don't do. And, and lastly, where to next? What is the plan over the next, I don't know, say two or three years? Where would you like to be? I have some really, really cool ideas on where the world is going. <laughs> and I think that you'll be hearing about them in the near future. But today we're really focused on delivering our current product, PTO Exchange, into the market and really helping uh, em employers attract and retain their employees with a budgeted benefit that they already have and just making it more flexible mm. to meet their employees where they're at. That's really the focus. Obviously, I, as the leader, am thinking three chest moves ahead mm -hmm. and I'm watching the world and I think that the world is a really exciting place and I think, I think today I think today is a really, really exciting time. I think, I feel like it's 1994 all over again. 
and the birth of the internet. Hmm. That's what I think. I think the finance world and the world itself is going to change at a very rapid rate in the next five to seven years. And you're seeing things happen. And uh, I'll just give you an example, cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. right? Everyone thinks of crypto is this, it's a, it's a currency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is that. I don't think what people really recognize is there is a new level of technology or a technology stack. And I've been in the technology business so long, I've seen so many stacks. This one's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I think you are going to see blockchain Web3 technology embed itself into everything we do in the future. I think the you are going to see applications come out to where Patrick, you own your own data. And you, only Patrick, can say, hey, I want to give Google access to my data and they're going to pay me for it. And you can do that through the Web3. I mean, this is the crazy thing about the world now. And, <laughs> and so I look at it as there are some really, really exciting things that are coming down the pike. Mm. Not just in our industry, not, not just in the benefit, it's not just in the, and I think that that's really going to show in the future. NFTs, everyone's going, what's an NFT? What's an NFT? Well, it's a way for a artist to actually track their music and sell it to one person and know that it won't be copied and distributed across many because mm. it can't be, you own it. So it, it, it almost takes it back and puts the power back into the artist's hands and say, I'm, uh, <laughs> I want to deliver an album, not just one song at a time, because uh, an album is a, is a visual or a sound of lots of songs that I've developed in order in which I want to present them to my listeners. Mm. And I can do that now with NFTs. <laughs> really, really, it's going to be really exciting, Patrick. I mean, Next five to seven years, you watch. Can do. Well, well I won't have much choice, I don't think, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we always so love to... So, so the next thing for us is really kind of look at the future. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. Um, we always love to leave listeners with a tool recommendation. Normally, as you know, we speak with um, CFOs. So if you have a yep. finance tool you particularly love, but it can also be a tool that's helping you... Uh, build and manage the business. It doesn't have to be strictly finance. So, Patrick, this is probably before your time, but this is called an HP 12C. <laughs> A calculator. <laughs> it's uh, HP's financial calculator. <laughs> Still used today at my desk. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I use that. Uh, the other thing that I, I do use, obviously, to run the business is it's QuickBooks. I mean, we're a small hmm. company. We like QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. um, we like the QuickBooks mobile apps. I can I can understand expenses going through. I can look at things. Um, I have an incredible VP of Finance. Um, mm. He was he was the first controller at PayPal, and oh, he's wow. uh, he was one of the early uh, founders in the company uh, at the dinner table with me. Mm. And obviously, that's my favorite tool is leveraging him and uh, having conversations with him. Uh, the other one is. 
you know, HubSpot from a CRM customer management, we mm-hmm. use that. Uh, and we look at it and say, hey, that's our customers, that's our revenue, and then we manage the expenses through QuickBooks. Those are the things that we use here on an, kind of the, it's really the, the basis of the company on how we manage and look at our business. Wonderful. I think there, are, there will be plenty of people for whom both of those are core tools as well. And I would assume so with a lot of the startups that that's the core tools. Rob Whalen, thank you so much for joining us on CFO Yeah. Thank you, Patrick, for your time. And uh, all the listeners, thank you for your time. Take care. CFO Yeah is brought to you by CFO Connect, the fastest growing global community for finance leaders. Join us for webinars and workshops, get our expert resources, and be a part of an exclusive Slack group just for CFOs. Join the community and exchange ideas with CFOs from the most exciting companies in the world. Just visit cfoconnect.eu.